0: Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness.
1: I'm Elaney Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health
0: enthusiast.
1: Hello, Hello Renegades. Renegades.
0: Welcome back to another episode of um eleni's wisdom of nutrition with her friends that are brilliant (laughs) otherwise known as the renegade nutrition podcast (laughs) i get a new a new gonna do a new beginning every time davis and then she i like it it out later
1: (laughs) that's right today we have our friend davis jasper on with us today davis was in my program at the university of bridgeport with me for the first year um, and is a wealth of knowledge on the specific topic of weight loss. Weight loss, which is so unpopular right now, every
0: everyone wants to know about weight loss. I am so excited to pick your brain. Yes, this would be good. Well, it's yeah. it's
2: great to be here. I love the I love your podcast name.
1: Thank, Thank you. you,
2: Renegade. Renegade is a lot shorter than Elaine's wealth of knowledge with nutrition. So I like right. it.
1: That was <laughs> kind of tricky on the. Yeah, we we had to we had to shift it early yeah. on. Yeah, our marketing <laughs> specialist she's,
0: <laughs> she's a good editor here.
1: Awesome! All so excited to have you on the show, and we're gonna dive right into it because we're just so excited to pick your brain and learn all about it. Okay, well, all right,
0: Davis, well, tell us all about your story of how you got into nutrition, and then what do you do now. Like, what's your main service, and how did you come to do that?
2: We want to know it all. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, most people in, uh, for my class don't know my story. So I used to be 12 years ago, I was 195 pounds uh, now for, for those of you who can't see me and I'm, even if you can see me, I'm not tall. So I'm five, three, five, four on a good day in the morning, but typically five, three. Um, so that actually would have put me into the, um, just under the, the morbid obese category. So my BMI was in the mid thirties. Um, and you know, I was just, I didn't know early twenties, um, early to mid twenties. It, it wasn't like I had any health issues. You know, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't that my weight was causing all these problems. I just didn't, I honestly just didn't like the way I looked. I walked past the mirror one time and I found this extra fat roll right here under my arm. And I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting now that I've studied weight loss in such uh, great depths, I actually found that the top reason over medical reasons, the top reason most people want to lose weight is because they see themselves in in a mirror or they see a picture of themselves that they don't like. And that's what is the top reason people decide to make a change. And that was, that was me. So I didn't know anything. So I had, I was listening to the radio one day and somebody said, Hey, losing weight is so easy. It's just about calories in calories out. So if you just, you know, you watch what you eat, you eat low calorie foods or no calorie foods. Um, then you'll lose weight. And I was like, well, this is easy. This is math. I can do this. Again, yeah, math. I can do math. Um, 3,500 calories is a pound. I was like, okay, well, this makes sense. So I was like, I need to lose 50 pounds. So I did the math. What would it take for me in in the course of a year to lose 50 pounds? And I did all the math. And then I, this was a brand new thing at this time was calorie counting apps. Now there's like a million of them now. But back then there was just like one. And it was called Calorie Counter. So it was super, you know, really yep. creative naming, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can so do I, better.
0: I'm going to help them. <laughs> you're you're going
2: to help them. Yeah. I actually, Calorie Counter, I believe, um, got bought out by Under Armour. And it's part of their, their calorie <laughs> kind of thing. But anyway, um, for whatever it's worth. But uh, I, so I religiously, I said, okay, I need to eat between 800 and 1,200 calories a day to be oh. able to hit 50 pounds in a year. So I was like, okay, or I could exercise a little bit more and maybe eat a little bit more. So I did 800 to 1200 calories religiously for a year. I mean, everything I ate, I put into that app. I was so obsessive about it. Now, over the course of a year, and I didn't understand this, but I do now, I lost 20 pounds and I was happy about that. I was really happy. I should have lost 50 though, mathematically, but yeah. it, it didn't really occur to me because I was still happy about the 20 pounds. So um, my uh, my wife at the time, And I went on a cruise first cruise I've ever been on, in my life. I don't, at that time in my life, I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't like sweets. I wasn't a big like bread eater. And all I did on this cruise was not count calories. And I put on seven pounds in five days, you know, and, and I know why now, but at the time, like it was so depressing. I was super discouraged. And um, so I, I had a friend who was a naturopath. Now, I don't know why I didn't go to this guy before, um, I just kind of thought I could do it on my own, you know, Yeah, am sure we have of course. a lot yeah. of people yeah, I know I know I can do this on my own. I know what to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's like, you know, weight weight is really easy. I was like, okay, well, please enlighten me because it hasn't been easy for this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, weight loss is really easy. It's just a matter of your metabolism working the way it's supposed to, because when a species metabolism works the way it's supposed to, it's actually impossible for them to gain or lose weight. It's like, well. That makes sense because he explained, he's like, so, you know, you look at like a human, if a human wants to like a bodybuilder, if they want to gain weight, they have to do a lot of things for that. They have to eat several small meals throughout the day. They have to have a lot more protein than what the normal human would eat. And then they're doing activities that most people would never do. I mean, you know, you look at like a bench press, right? Like how many times in a day do we do a bench press motion? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Not very many. Right. You know, so you have our to do ancestors all wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. No, it, like this is not a thing. So it, it's it's something that we have to do that's abnormal to be able to hyper, hypertrophy our muscles. Um, and so to put on weight, you do abnormal things. So uh, to lose weight it's the same thing. Like, you know, your, your body, when you're losing weight, actually just thinks it's dying because when a species biologically loses weight, it's typically dying. It can't find food. It's got cancer. It's got, you know, a tumor pressing on some organ or whatever. And immediately the body starts going into a tailspin. How do we get this person to stop losing weight? Which is exactly what had happened to me for the past year. And that's why when I just ate normal food, you know, I put on seven pounds. So anyway, long story short, I worked with this guy for six months, right? It cost me about $15,000. Wow. This guy for six months. Now it was worth it. Here's why yeah. we did a bunch of tests, genetic blood, hair, urine. I mean, you name it, we test it, um, food sensitivity, you know, all sorts of this stuff. And we finally came back with what he believed was the recipe that I needed to be able to fix my metabolism. So at that time in my life, uh, my metabolism worked like a 55-year-old and I was 26. Wow. Oh. And so, and, and he hypothesized, we could never prove this, but he's like, you probably took it from a, you know, maybe a 30-year-old metabolism in the course of a year to a 55-year-old metabolism with what you did with your eating.
1: Well, well by like, cutting back the calories.
2: Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. dang, man, I thought I was doing good. Yeah. Um, so well, we-, wait, we what was that
1: that you're blowing my mind with all yeah. of this?
2: Wow. Yeah. So, so when he finally got it to you know, he's like, these are the foods that you can eat. Here's the supplements that your body needs. I could eat 12 foods, right? 12 wow. different foods. And I mean, but you're looking at a guy who ate 800 to 1200 calories for a year. So right. he's, you tell me eat 12 foods. And, and we did, he, he put me on a, um, a 40 day program. He said for 40 days, just eat these 12 foods, You can eat as much of these 12 foods as you want, but just eat these 12 foods, take these supplements as, as I recommend, and then don't eat or do anything else. I dropped 30 pounds in 40 days. Wow. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. And I I
2: felt amazing. Like that was the other thing. Like my energy went through the roof. My mental clarity was off the charts. My, my drive, like for, for a guy, right? Like a guy we're, we're, and, and one of the things that attracts women to guys is, drive, right. you know,
0: right. True.
2: They, they, they are attracted to that, that tenacity to go out and, and, and make things happen.
0: Yeah.
2: And, um, you know, I, at this time in my life, I was, I was training to be a pastor. I was in a master's program, uh, in theology because I loved seeing people's lives transformed. And that's where I thought I was headed with my life. Right. When I experienced my transformation with my health, that's when I was like, man, this is what I want. And so at that point in my life, I dropped out of school um, for uh, being a pastor and I started studying nutrition and I started um, taking courses. And and that's where then eventually I ended up at Bridgeport University. Um, And, uh, you know, it, it was this, but it was that my own personal journey of just, you know, you know, just being part of the, the yo-yo dieting and the, you know, deprivation and the counting calories and like the diet stuff, you know, it's like I was drinking, I, I went from drinking regular Coke, uh, to Coke zero I was drinking like 12 of them a day oh, wow. a wow. calories, right. I can drink yeah. as much of it as I want. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I was always looking for that. I, 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 and I was having so many artificial sweeteners, you know, the sucralose, the aspartame, the acid sulfate, you know, all of these artificial sweeteners come to find out later, those are just destroying my metabolism. I don't, and I think it's good for me because it's zero calories, right. right.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and then
2: just the, the amount of misinformation
0: yeah. that yeah.
2: is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I looked at it for myself. I was like, how in the world can the average American Be healthy when the information that is out there, it's either one of two things. Somebody's trying to sell them something, you know, so, Hey, drink this special drink or take this amazing shake and do this. And, 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 you know, life is going to be amazing. Right. And then come to find out they're, they're, you know, selling some product that's a part of some pyramid scheme or whatever, and nothing against pyramid schemes, but you know, but yeah, (laughs) but I don't personally want to be a part of it. I don't personally want to be a part of it. Right. Right. Uh, You know, and then it's like, well, somebody's either selling me something Mm -hmm. or I'm getting information that is heavily. Influenced in our, um, you know, in our uh, like the FDA, um, our food companies, the agriculture company, agriculture, the um, agriculture. What's the agricultural?
1: Yeah. USDA.
2: Federal, yeah. The, yes, thank you. The Federal yeah. Agricultural Organization. Whatever yeah. that. Place. So, yeah. You know, you get you get so you have so many lobbyists. You know, some of the the heaviest supporters in Washington. Um, and heaviest supported people in Washington are food companies and pharmaceutical companies, you know, so yeah. not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but we are a capitalistic society. And when someone can get sued for saying that Burger King is bad for you. Right. We have, yeah. We have an issue. Right. 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 Yep. Exactly,
0: you so, are
2: you are yes. Definitely. So much
0: information coming in, and Elaine so good at that. Like the oils and the, how sugar was demonized, or no, that yep. was demonized. That was
2: demonized. Yep. But
0: sugar is like great, you know, great for you. And we're like, wait, wait, you know, yep. like there is so much of that. And Elaine has helped me wade through a lot of the truths and the lies. And yep, yep, it, so
2: true. Well, and you know, it, it's it's such a uh, a paradigm in the United States where. Um, and, and, you know, this is, the, I'm coming from a place, I have a lot of medical doctor friends, actually, um, I have, I have some medical doctor friends that use my program in their practice. So I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, this isn't like anti MD, you know, um, these, these, those guys are so intelligent, and so driven, and I have the utmost respect for them. Um, the The issue, though, is <clears throat> you know, to to make money. And and I know this is going to sound crazy for the average listener because everybody thinks, well, you know, a doctor, they make all this money. It's like, no, they have all this debt. And, you know, anyway, they don't necessarily make all this money. They, in order to really make good money to pay off the 12 years of education that they had to go through, you really have to specialize, you know, and I know right before we started, you know, Elaine and and I were discussing how um, she's kind of, Everything you can lose blood, you can you know lower your blood pressure with me. You can lose weight with me. You can do all these things, right? Not specialized, um, and and there's very few doctors that are not specialized anymore. There's very few general practitioners because they have to specialize to really make make decent money in their profession. So the problem with the specializing, you know, you go to a, a heart specialist and then you go to a kidney specialist then, to a specialist, then you go to a liver specialist, then you go to you know, there's no specialist that specializes in how does all of this work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and, we'll and live what can I? Pos- the holistic side, like you know, what we would say functional medicine, but like what is how could we help all of those things? Like, how what can we do for the liver and the and the pancreas and the blood sugar and the blood pressure? And what can we do for all of that? Um, that could be more holistic that actually can help people not have to take medications, you know? Mm-hmm. And that information is just not out there, you know. I um side story, I have so many stories, so I talk a lot. And it. Yes, out yes, you're yes, yeah, engaging. This is good. So, yeah. This, So, you know, I, I was challenged by, um, hearing, hearing, um, my pastor at one point in time, um, he, he talked about being generous, right? And so he said, you know, there's three really easy applications to being generous. He said, one is when you're, when you're at a checkout and there's that, Hey, donate to whatever it is, you know, add a dollar donate to whatever it is. He said, you're not going to miss that dollar donate. Always, always give the dollar. It doesn't matter what it is. Just give the dollar. Yes. It helps, you know, if it helps puppies, if it helps, yes. you know, homeless, if it helps, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just give the dollar. All right. AIDS research doesn't matter. Give the dollar. Okay. So, so I was like, okay, that's easy. I wrote that down in my journal. I was like, I like that. All right. He's like, the second thing is if you are at a place where they're asking for a tip, even if it's ridiculous, you're like, you know, it's funny, like today, almost everywhere you go and you pay they're like, do you want to leave a tip? And I was like, um, I just got my car washed at a machine. I don't want to leave a tip. You know, yeah, um, <laughs> I paid $10. To do that. Yeah, $10 for this, you know. Yeah. Um, but they ask for tips almost everywhere now. Like it's just one of the options on some of the things. He said, hey, if they ever ask for a tip, just give a little tip. It doesn't matter. It's going to the employee. That's great. And yeah. uh, and then if you're ever at a place where there is a you're supposed to leave a tip. Always choose the higher amount that's in your mind. It's like, okay, I like that. I can do that. And then the third thing is, he said, always give money to the homeless people. And don't play the game," he said. He said this. He said, "Don't play the game that. Well, they're just going to buy drugs and alcohol and whatever." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then he, yeah. he, he made this point. He, it was great. He made this point. He's like, you know, let's say they are. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna blow their money on drugs and alcohol or whatever. You know what? This person that's on the side of the road, maybe, maybe though that that drug or that alcohol gives them an hour. 30 minutes of reprieve from the miserable life they're living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can help them with that. Yeah. So anyway, so I was very challenged. So I always have, um, because my issue is I never carry cash. That was my excuse. I never carry cash, you know, I'm a credit card, everything's a credit card. So, you know, I purposefully now I have $5 bills in all my vehicles. So that way, you know, when there's that person on the side of the road, I can give the money. Well, I say all that to say this. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that whole story was to set up this little point. Um, so I was driving and they, there was a, a, at a stoplight, there was a fundraiser, you know, it's official shirts, you know, people with buckets walking around raising money. And so it, it was, the light was green. So I'm like rushing, grab my $5 bill. I'm going slowly. Cause we're the light is green. I'm like, drop it in there and, you know, drop it in the bucket. And then somebody hands me a little thing for what I donated to. I grab the little thing and I'm driving, you know, feeling good about myself. And I look at the little thing I donated to and it was the cure for diabetes. I was like, I was like, damn it, we already have the cure for diabetes and I just gave medicine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's called diet and lifestyle shoot. Like, I was like, I'm all back.
0: Of all
2: the places. I want my five dollars back.
0: But you know it, it's
2: it when when you know you, if people go to their endocrinologist and they uh, you know to to get their the, you know work on their you know diabetes and stuff like that, and it's it's sad to me that we're not upfront about the fact that there just there is a cure. And in fact, it's not that complicated and it doesn't take that much time either. It's not, you know, but the, 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 the underlying issues, and, and it's not like the world is full of evil people there are some evil people, but it's not like the world is out to get us. I'm not a conspiracy theory. There's not enough smart. There's not enough people that are smart enough to actually create some of these conspiracy theories. Like there's just not, I mean, it's like, dude, I barely got up and got dressed today. I'm not sitting there trying to plot the takeover of the world. Okay. Like, you know, I'm just happy I made it. And most people are like that. They're just happy. They showed up today. So it's not like the government is out to get us, but it's, it's, you know it's where the money is right it, yeah. it is you know a, a food so for instance we'll just take Coca-Cola for an example and some of the Coca-Cola commercials that um, that I've seen for the past are just so fascinating and they are they are selling a product you know they're sell there and their product it, there's nothing inherently evil with their product their product tastes good now I don't. I haven't had Coke in so long that I don't enjoy the taste of Coke. But I used to love it, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have any issue with their product. I don't have any issue with people drinking Coke. In fact, you know, I, my, my grandfather used to once a week go with his grandfather, and once a week they would go to the soda shop. There used to be these things called soda shops, right? And they would get a um, eight ounce glass bottle of Coca Cola. And every weekend they would enjoy, you know, they'd each have their eight ounce glass of Coca-Cola. They'd enjoy Coca-Cola together. It was bonding time. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. Yeah. That's not 7 Eleven's double, you know? Right, right. Seriously. And, yeah, it's not. And it's, it's, if you, if you were to do an eight ounce, uh, glass of Coke a day in a uh, amazing environment, that's the other thing, the environment that you eat your food in makes a difference with how the food is used um, in an amazing environment around people who are loving and supportive, that's not going to hurt you at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
2: if you double gulp it every morning on your way to work and it's a diet because you think you're helping yourself by not having the sugar, you know, you're, you're going to lead yourself to, Weight issues to health issues to um, Alzheimer's. Now they've, they've linked artificial sweeteners to Alzheimer's. Um, you know, so I don't have anything inherently wrong with Coca-Cola, all right But I do know where the money is. So if if the FDA or any medical organization says, "Hey, sugary drinks aren't good for you," that statement hurts their income. Mm-hmm. So they are they are very heavily invested in yep. making sure that that the clientele that they're selling to thinks that it's okay to drink sugary beverages at any quantities. Mm -hmm. So there's ads out there that, that Coca-Cola and Pepsi and all, you know, we'll just kind of lump all the sugary beverage companies together used to run to say, Hey, a calorie is a calorie and it doesn't matter. So make sure that you use your disposable calories wisely. And it's like, Hey, you don't really have disposable calories because even if you eat really nutrition-dense food in America, you still don't get all the nutrition you need, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we have all these extra floating around calories that we can just waste, right? Which is right. kind of the idea that we're getting. And you know, for, for those of you who are listening to and, and and are like, hmm, what is the calorie thing? You know, isn't yeah. a calorie a calorie? So a calorie, yes, it is a calorie, but there's two things about calories. First of all, a calorie is what does it take to raise, and I'm going to probably mess up this definition. Maybe Elaine Elaine, can help me out with this. Okay. But it's the um, w- the amount of energy it takes to raise, what is it? A gram of some substance in a vacuum at sea level, like one degree or, or something like I that? I think like water. Yeah, Water, right. Water, yeah. one, one degree. One degree, right? At, at sea level in a vacuum, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, our, I'm not at sea level right now. Mm-hmm. So that theory kind of is an issue. I'm also, my body is definitely not a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea of a calorie just from it, from a biological standpoint. So we have, um, you know, a branch of, we have two different branches of science that we're working with. You know, we're working with biology, which is an ever changing environment on a moment by moment, millisecond by millisecond basis, the environment or the quote unquote vacuum that we're measuring is different.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
2: one, one problem with the calorie concept. Um, is that we're just not a stable environment. The other issue is a calorie is not a calorie if it's also damaging your body's ability to burn a calorie.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. smart. Yes. So
2: there are foods that are health-promoting and metabolism-promoting and metabolism promoting and more makes your body work more efficiently. And then there are foods that make it work less efficiently. So when you're, when, when we're eating calories that are damaging to our health, it ruins our ability to burn the calorie itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where a calorie is not a calorie. So anyway, that's the whole, you know, I don't even know where I was going with that whole tangent, but the idea is <laughs> what a I calorie love. Is I mean, not a calorie.
1: It was your transformation from yeah. the <laughs> calorie is a calorie Thought mindset and and That's testing right. that out religiously and yeah. then realizing oh that actually didn't accomplish what it should have accomplished mathematically yeah, I right. did still lose some weight but I didn't lose the weight I was supposed to and then going to your friend who's like no 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 I yeah. can you weight loss is easy just like that commercial told you all those years ago but. Right. It it requires more than mathematics and calorie counting. And I love that whole evolution of yeah. your own mindset. Yeah. I think that is whenever somebody is sharing their personal experience with that sort of mental transformation mm-hmm. from thinking, oh, this is this is the, the way to yeah. realizing, oh no, no, no. <laughs> this yeah. is the way. That's always so powerful to hear it, those.
0: It really is. Okay. So then what do you do now then with yeah. Your so,
1: do you yeah. And how did you yeah. go from year 12? 12 food program to your own program now where are yes. helping people and all the people
2: so i'm you know i immediately found a program that was it was at least you know healthy ish um you know i i immediately um you know started doing research and studying nutrition and um really like approaching it from a you know holistic standpoint um and i i was trying to piece together i was like how can i like I mean, I'm thinking, okay, I, I actually looked into doctoral programs. I was like, okay, I need to become a, a doctor, you know, so I can, I can then do this for other people. I looked at, uh, maybe I can be, become a chiropractor and, and then, and practice, um, you know, functional medicine. And so I became like this exploratory experience for me. And I, I stumbled across a program that was, um, created by, uh, another, another doctor. I, uh, it was actually a chiropractor. And I was like, okay, this looks decent and it was Okay. Um, And so I started, I started using that program and, and started to, to gain some clients like right off the bat, you know, we're, we're talking years ago. And I um, I I've been a business owner for years. My first business that I started was a uh, cleaning a janitorial company. Um, So I, I started to get into this world with these naturopaths and these chiropractors. And I, you know, uh, unfortunately most of these people are so amazing at their craft and they really suck at running their business. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. Can't have <laughs> it all. Yeah. They, you can't have it all. Exactly. Right. So um, I started to travel around the country doing consulting for um, doctors okay. and how to get their business to be profitable, um, how to help them create passive dreams. So, the, you know, when when you're looking in the natural world or the functional medicine world, um, or even like an MD, you literally have to see everybody. Like if you're making money, you're, you're seeing everybody. Um, so like a chiropractor is literally touching every client to make money. So then you go on vacation and you don't make money, you know? And so it's like, so how the the question that I was answering for these. Oh. Oh, we
0: froze. Shoot.
2: Here, look, I'm going to get off my Wi-Fi on here. Let's see. I I can still you see you guys. Okay, you just froze for a second. That's okay.
0: We'll chop it. Start with the chiropractor. Oh, how you can make more money. The chiropractor went. I'll okay, make, perfect. Yep. Okay, yeah. so we'll
1: do it in three, two, one.
2: So, you know, the um, chiropractors wanted to find a way and, and doctors wanted to find a way. How do I make money when I'm not there? And then also you know, for some, it was like exit strategies, like, okay, I'm at the age where, man, I just don't want to be there five, six days a week. How can I cut back and still make, make money? And, and my answer and solution to them was weight loss. And so I started to help implement systems and processes across the country in different chiropractic offices and naturopaths and other professionals. Um, And because I, I had the system and process, I took a weight loss program put it through a system in process because the weight loss program didn't have that put it through a system in process and then made it reduplicatable like a franchise system. So it's basically like, okay, you hire these types of people, they run this, you do this, you make money. And it was a lot easier. You know, if you, if you, and you guys know this, you'd be being in the, in the wellness field, if you're like, Hey, reduce your chances of getting disease and live long and healthy and beautiful. And people are like, nah, <laughs> you know, be <laughs> like, look better in a bikini this summer, they're like, sign me up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. So true. true. <laughs> All humans are vain. We are. All
2: humans are vain. Yeah. We're hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, so, it, so it became, then it was like, okay, here's some advertising strategies. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I became very popular in that world because I could basically come in and within a couple months, um, you know, help them have this Uh, turnkey residual income process where they could make, you know, really decent money without ever seeing a person. Right. Um, The whole time I'm doing this, I got super busy doing this. Um, And then I just, you know, it just became like, like traveling and touring and helping. And um, but, but the whole time I'm like, I don't really love this program. I can do better. I I know there's something better. So during, while I'm thinking of this and like, I'm making notes and like, how could I, how could I do this differently? I'm doing research. So I I followed then this, this guy, James Lawrence and the iron cowboy. And he was doing at that time, 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 States in 50 days. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah.
2: Like the logistics alone.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: He a little crazy. Can we throw that? A little out
2: crazy. There? Okay. A
0: little, a little crazy. crazy. Yes. Bless um, you though. Iron Cowboy. We love
2: you. Yes. Wow. A little crazy. Um, so you know, as I'm watching this and just you know, like insane. One of the things that I noticed he was doing, and it was kind of like it wasn't featured in you know in in his thing, but I noticed it, and it was every day he was doing he was doing a bio scan. I come to find out he was doing a bio scan every day twice a day to see what his body needed for that day to see what his body needed for the evening to recover. Cool.
0: We need that tool. Okay.
2: That's exactly what I thought. I'm like and it was like that. I was like oh, I need this tool, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like okay. I I figured out what it was.
0: Okay. Um
2: I called the company that made it and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm following James Lawrence. I see I see what is see what he's doing. Is there a way that we can take this technology that that is being used for an elite athlete and can we use that for weight loss and like metabolic function? Like, is that, is that doable within the realms of what this technology is? And they said, absolutely. Now you, meaning me, you would have to write the bioscans. Okay. So the come to find out, it's kind of like, it's a platform, like an app. So basically anybody could write an app if they follow the rules and know what they're doing, they could write an app and put it on the Apple store or Android store or whatever other stores are out there for it. Um, same idea, but it's like, you will, you will have to work with us. You will have to program the app side of it to be able to scan for the metabolic functions that you are looking for. And I was like, okay, great. Sign me up. So it was, it was, it took me years to, to do that. And so when I was in, you know, working on my master's program, I was working on, on pieces of this, I was working on pieces up until this point in time, because when you look at weight loss, when, when you ask the question, what is involved in weight loss? Yeah. It, it's, it's a monster. I mean, yeah. it is everything, everything hits weight loss. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at like, you know, health in general, and this is one, you know, one of the things that, that I love about what I get to do is there, there is, you know, if there's a hundred people that come to me with a condition, if I take them through what I do, it's going to help out eighty of those hundred people with whatever the condition is. So when we look at like autoimmune diseases, when we look at digestive problems, when we look at high blood pressure, metabolic syndrome, um, type two diabetes, um, even like uh, early early onset with Alzheimer's, when we look at those those conditions, the same protocols fix them or help with them mm-hmm. or reduce the, the, uh, flare-ups with those conditions. So it became like, I, as I was piecing this together, it was like, okay, well, it's definitely not about calories. It's definitely not about exercising. Uh, there's, you know, okay, wow. There's an, there's emotional components to this. In fact, geez, you can stop and not lose weight simply from your thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. and I found that out and I was like, oh my goodness. And then sleep and then, you know, uh, cortisol rhythms and, and, you know, the melatonin and cortisol interaction, and it was just like, it, 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 I, I started to go crazy with, holy cow, I basically have to transform everything about this person <laughs> to get them yeah. to lose weight. Um, so the, the bio scan that, that, that I created now, specifically for weight loss, it uh, factors 2,800 factors um, oh, really? related to weight. Twenty eight hundred, oh, and wow. I'm probably missing ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> no, I'm probably missing ten um, thousand. All I know though is the twenty eight hundred that we do um, address in uh, in, a, in a program at Vitalife. Um, you know, we get people to lose twenty to forty pounds in forty days and feel amazing. Um, we reverse type two diabetes. Okay, and again, the body's reversing the type two diabetes. Um, in like a week, like it's it's just so fast. And then what's so fun is somebody can give me, so for those who are listening, um, you know, a one C numbers is the, um, the, the gold standard for measuring diabetes, right? So I think it's, I think it's under 5.7, I think, is you're not diabetic. And I think 5.7 to like 6.5, you're pre-diabetic. This is the numbers for a one C and it's a percentage. So 6.5% and then anything over that you are diagnosed with diabetes, full-blown full diabetes. So the um, the reason this is such a great measurement is because it's the 120-day um, measurement of how your diabetes is doing, your blood sugar numbers over 120 days. So you, when you take your instant blood sugar, it can go up and go down based upon what you just ate. And um, so there's a lot of vari- variables there where this is really a great way to measure. I, I like, like clockwork. If somebody says, you know, my, my a one C coming into the program is 12 by the end of 40 days, it'll be six. Like wow. it cuts it in half, even though we haven't gone through the full 120 days to get all of the cells turned over to what their new actual uh, baseline a one C is going to be. But wow. like, like clockwork, we can put an a one C and put it in half in about 40 days. Um, so it's just, you know, so I, I go back to like the, the diabetes, you know, d- donate for diabetes thing. You know, it's like here is there, but we, we, we in the natural community and, um, we've been ostracized and demonized a little bit, right? There's like this constant, you know, you guys are quacks and weirdos and whatever. Um, you know, there's that, that little bit of push and pull that, that we get. And, and I understand that because, um, there is, there's danger, uh, to, to find financial danger, um, for us to be out there helping people the way we do.
0: Yeah.
2: So um, if the dollar amount um, of every human being that follows through with the Western medicine in America, the Western diet, the Western eating style, the Western medications, insurance, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. That money in the medical world. Okay. Okay. At the course of a lifetime, do you have any idea how much each human being is worth to that system? Dollar about, any idea?
0: I have no idea. I, 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 I want you to hear me that.
2: and just guess. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna say a million. I was, gonna say, million. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say 1.5 million. Yeah, I'll say 1 million. Yeah.
2: Okay, so let me, I'm gonna give you a, a clue and then you can re guess, okay? Okay, okay. All right, to keep a type 2 diabetic alive for 20 years is a million dollars. Wow. Oh God! Now knowing that, now just
0: right. Okay, t- okay. So the time's five. So yeah. So <laughs> five million or hundred 100 million I have no idea. <laughs> okay.
2: I have right, it, It's thirty million. Yeah, Thirty million. 30 million. Yeah. So, for instance, no. every person that. That, that, cause that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to pull people, pull people out of this system and say, there's a different way. There's a better way, you know, and for every person that we pull out of the system, we're pulling $30 million. Now I wish we were getting the 30 million, but we're not, right. <laughs> You're right. Right. <laughs> you know? there's really no money in what we do. Like people don't understand. There's not a lot of money. They're like, wow, you charge this per hour. Be like, how much is your medications last month? Right. My, my, my copay. Well, yeah, but how much were your medications last month? Yeah, yes. 700 dollars $1,000. Yeah. I have a I have a friend who takes a $10,000 injection every month. Oh. Oh, $1,000 for for rheumatoid arthritis, $10,000. Right? Yeah. So, you know, there isn't there isn't money in what we do as far as that goes, but there's there's danger in taking money away from some of these larger institutions in yeah.
0: America. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, th- that's significant. So, you know, that's why, uh, that's why we are, um, demonized. We tend to be demonized, um, in, in certain circles. Um, and that's why we are oftentimes when we, you know, y- <laughs> if I were to post on Facebook on our, on our Facebook page today right. that we can reverse type two diabetes, that post is going to get taken down and our account is going to get shut down yeah. in a day yep. in a day. Yeah. even though it's true. Yeah. And even though now, even in the, um, the Western medicine, medical literature, it actually says that now, right? Like you go to peer reviewed studies coming from the most, um, uh, conservative sources these days. And it is still saying, oh yeah, Type two diabetes in most cases is reversible. And then they have all these disclaimers, right? But yeah, it, it is through your diet, through diet and lifestyle. Wow. Right. Amen.
0: And amen to all of this. Yes. Oh, my Atlanta. well, we so, love the, the kind of the mission that you're on. Like, yeah, amazing. Keep, keep rocking it. Okay. Right. So wait, so now, how would our listeners like if they wanted your service? What do you do now? Do you do an app, or you run companies, or what? Yeah, what's your?
2: Yeah, so so when I um, when I was in school uh, with Lainey, um, I had uh, the the bioscans were done, and we had just you know we were testing them out at that point in, the, in at, at that point in my life. Um, I had then you know the bioscans are great, but we also have to create then, you know, diet, diet protocols and customize it. Right. So the bio scans, uh, I was able to say, okay, I, it's so fun. Like I can, I can figure out it, is broccoli a better food for your metabolism or is cauliflower a better food? You know, like it, it, how specific we're able to get with each person is really cool. And I always tell everybody donuts and pizza, they don't show up on anybody's scan. Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we don't, we don't even waste the time to scan for those. We are scanning for whole foods Uh, mostly plants. So it is a mostly plant-based diet, but we do, we do add in proteins and you know, the reason why I do animal proteins is because I do want the, I do want vital life to be a program that anybody could do. And I think that when people think vegan, they get scared, They're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to die, you know, or I I'm going to just wither away to nothing. And, um, you know, so, so the, the diet itself isn't vegan, even though all of our supplements are vegan, the diet itself isn't vegan. Um, so there is animal proteins in there, but we want people to the, the majority of people's diets to come from once living plants. You know, that is our goal. Um, those have the, the highest nutrients they have the, they are the fillingest food. I mean, a whole head of iceberg lettuce, right? It's like 50 calories, maybe a hundred, you know, it just depends on the head. Mm-hmm. Well, how many of those can you fit in your stomach at one time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Right. Yeah. Like Maybe one, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like <laughs> bean salads, so I can get one in there, but most people can't. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then there's also, be, and, and you know, we, we're not sitting here debating the nutrient density of iceberg lettuce It actually isn't as bad as what we've created. Be like, Oh, there's no nutritional value in iceberg lettuce. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah there is <laughs> yeah. a lot of good stuff in there. But anyway, um, okay. you know, so I had to create like, a, what is a diet that has, that people can follow that makes sense? Um, I studied fasting a lot. I mean, the therapeutic events, uh, the therapeutic effects of fasting are amazing, like amazing. I, I came across a study, uh, the other day where they are showing that, um, fasting, and this is a rat study. So we're, we're talking, you know, in vivo studies at this point in time, but the rat studies are still very interesting. Um, that they're that they're showing they're taking um, type one diabetic rats so for our listeners type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease where your body attacks the beta cells in the pancreas which is what creates the insulin so different than type two diabetes type one diabetes means there's not enough uh, creation of insulin because the cells that create the insulin are being attacked by your own body so that's typically type one diabetes So they're taking type one diabetic rats where they're just not able to produce the right amount of insulin because of the damaged cells in the uh, pancreas. And they're, they're taking them on the, on extended fasting. So it's like for a rat reason, they study rats. is So they only live a couple of years. So you get the full lifespan and you're able to study them for a couple of years and see what the effects would be then potentially on a human lifespan. Right. So the um, what they, what they found was doing extended fasting. So like three to five days. So in a rat, that type of fasting is, you know, like, like that would be like a month, you know, of a human sure. fasting, rat, right?
0: fast.
2: Yeah. rat yeah. fast versus human fast. You know, they're looking at like a month, but then oh, yeah. what they would do is then they would feed the rat again. And they were, what they were measuring is it actually spurred or, or, um, regenerated or activated. I don't know exactly the right word there. The, um, stem cells to recreate the beta cells in the oh, pancreas cool. to recreate the insulin. You know so the the cool thing is it's like this idea where where potentially then the the hypothesis for humans is then we could take a type one diabetic and go through series of fasting, and every time we take them through a series of fasting, the regenerative the regenerative effects of the fasting for the extended period could recreate the beta cells, which could then recreate the insulin, which could then potentially reverse the condition. Cool. And so it's really interesting stuff that I, you know, <clears throat> started to come across as I'm trying to piece the diet together. I'm like, okay, well, we have to in- incorporate some fasting, but man, you tell people they're not going to eat for a day. They're going to flip their lid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm trying to balance like, okay, yeah. I, we can't be vegan, even though I believe that's the healthiest way to eat. We can't do this because of this. And, I can't tell people they can't eat. Nah, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I had to create all that, that part of it as well. And then, you know, now what we have um, is we do a, an eight hour eating window. So it's an 816 intermittent fasting, um, which most, to, to be honest, most people don't have any issues with that.
1: They're mm-hmm. like, oh,
2: I don't eat breakfast anyway. That's easy. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've been told all of our lives breakfast is the most healthy meal of the day. You got to get up, you got to start your metabolism, get your Wheaties in, right? We've been told that all of our lives when that's just not the case. And we're told that by the places that want us to buy food.
0: <laughs> oh, like Kellogg's?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we were being told that eat three meals a day by places that want you to eat food three times a day because they make money. And the crazy thing is, There is 11 food companies in the United States that control 90% of what we eat. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. 90% of the food that Americans eat comes from 11 places. So the goal of these 11 places is to get you to eat more food. The more food you eat, the more money they make. It's just, it's very simple. So having three meals a day. Makes sense. If you go to most cultures, other cultures that are still traditional in their thinking, fasting is part of their culture. Part of their ritual is to fast. And you look at like um, even uh, like Muslims, like uh, we have we get a lot of Muslim clients. We're in the Chicago, Chicago area locally here. So we, we get a lot of Muslims, a lot of Middle Eastern where they go to Ramadan, where they're they're uh, basically fasting during the day and and eating at night. It's kind of, so there's a lot of cultures out there that already incorporate fasting for different spiritual, religious, cultural purposes as part of life. You even look back at the, uh, uh the Bible fasting was a part of their culture, not just from a spiritual sense, but it, there, it was from a healing sense, you know, when you get, and, and this goes back to our biology, when you get sick, do you feel hungry or do you feel like not eating? Mm-hmm, right. You don't feel like eating.
0: I want to eat. Yep.
2: You don't want to eat, and that's okay because it's better for you not to eat. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so funny because in America, and I mean, even growing up, my mom, bless her soul, you know, she did everything that she thought. It's like, well, you're sick. You need to get your energy. You need the food to get the blah, blah, blah. So here's the chicken noodle soup, you know? And and we think like, oh, we've got to have food or, you know, I need the crackers to soak up the stomach acid since I'm sick. You know, all all of these little things that we thought were good for us when the best thing we could have possibly done was just not eat anything and drink a bunch of water. And we would have felt better faster because fasting actually is therapeutic. In and of itself, without any other intervention, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm yes. rambling. Yes. But we've got, so the bioscans allow us to do in 17 and a half minutes.
0: Okay. What
2: took me six months to figure out.
0: <laughs> interesting. So. Okay, and $15,000. Okay. Do you charge
2: $15,000? We do not charge $15,000. <laughs> we
0: don't
2: charge $15,000. That
0: is very interesting.
2: So um, that's what Vitalife does now. We have, um, there's 30 locations around the US. We have four in Illinois um, and the other locations are um, owned by other, other professionals um, yep. that, that use the program. And then we have a um, very robust remote program. So we actually um, can, you know, for somebody who is interested in the program, they can sign up and we actually ship them the bioscanning equipment. And as long as they're um, uh, use, utilizing our services, they just hang on to it because we do, th- that was the first bioscan I created. And I've created more since asking different questions. Cause basically the bioscan is, is the medium between what's going on in your body and what we need to know to be able to help what's going on in your body. So, so for instance, your body knows if it needs something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
2: And then in, in our Western medicine, we've created tests to be able to figure some of those things out right? Well, let's just take vitamin D for an example, right? So vitamin D is, um, is measured in the, in the body at, um, I believe it's, what is it? Milligrams per deciliter. So it, anyway, the number is 25, right? Like if, you're, if your vitamin D is below 25, when you get your blood work, you're going to see on the far right column, a little red number that says that's bad. If it's under 25, they would consider you to have a pathology or, hey, this is something that we need to treat, Right, we've got to get the vitamin D levels over twenty-five. Okay,
0: mm-hmm.
2: now over twenty-five. Like, if it's under twenty-five, you're gonna you're gonna probably have noticeable symptoms of vitamin D deficiency. That's what they've set as the standard. But let's just say, let's just say K. Okay, let's say your vitamin D levels are better at seventy-five. Okay, now there really yeah, for you, right? There really is no upper level on vitamin D. There's not. I mean, the, the people, you would have to you would have to be drinking. So much vitamin D every single day to to have it be an issue. Like, yeah. I'm just trying even, to think
1: I have, even at the cutoff of one hundred and fifty um, nanograms per deciliter, yeah, is what like doctors typically like. Oh no, it's above one hundred and fifty; you're going to die. Right. They actually don't have any like zero in person studies that show that that has any sort of pathological, like negative pathological consequences. But that is like. I've had patients that have a number over hundred and that's where they're functioning optimally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, doctors are like, no, that's dangerous. I'm like, based on what, yeah. like what actual data do you have that that is dangerous? Like I get that they can affect like kidney function, but as long as you're getting the K2 with it, then that should be fine. But anyway, that's my tangent.
2: percent. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like that's so bad for you. Here, take this blood pressure medication that has killed five thousand people this year. Right, right, right. Being being prescribed correctly, by the way. I mean, we're not talking about mis misdiagnosing. We prescribed this correctly, and it killed five thousand people this year. But your vitamin D level, you know, or you're gonna you're gonna not eat breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always think it's so funny.
0: This is also interesting. You have my mind turning.
2: I
1: have I have so many questions. Me but, too. Um, me too. Just like maybe big picture, can you give us some um, for the average listener? What's some general advice for weight loss that anybody could start today, today oh. to begin their journey? And yeah. then tell us in that what are some of the most common mistakes people make when they're trying to lose weight? I know it's yeah. a two part
2: question, but yeah. so let, let let the the. I would say the best thing somebody could do is to start intermittent fasting. If I had to pick like one thing, it would be intermittent fasting because you're, you you know, the, the mechanism, okay. Um, The agreed upon mechanism, let's put it that way. So everybody in the medical community that has done any sort of research in weight loss knows and has agreed that the one thing we know about weight loss is that the mechanism of action Is insulin. Okay. So if you have chronically elevated insulin levels, you will gain weight. If you have chronically low levels of insulin, you will be thin or lose weight. It is really that simple. Now, what you do to make that happen is challenging, but that is the mechanism of action. Okay. No, but and, and if anybody is out there and disagrees with me, it's because they don't know what they're talking about. This is very clear about that. It is very, very, very clear. The studies are out there. They show that and we can prove it a million times. If I give you a medication that increases insulin, it, you will gain weight. If you have a tumor that is pressed on your hypothalamus that makes you secrete more insulin, you will gain weight. If you have another tumor on another part of your body that makes it so you don't secrete insulin, you will be thin. Mm -hmm. Type one diabetics who don't have insulin, are they fat or thin? (laughs) Right, exactly. Right. Right. Type two diabetics are overweight. Yep. Because they have chronically elevated insulin levels. And it's, 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 you know, I have, I, I won't go into all of the details about that. But if we want to affect the best way to chronically lower our insulin levels, here it is it's not eat. (laughs) (laughs) It's way to do it. Okay. Uh, And I I say that a little tongue in cheek, but it's very true. So if you, the, the shorter your eating window can be, so, you know, we talk about an eight, eight, 16. So you're eating for eight hours. You're not eating for 16. The shorter you can make that window. Maybe you can do a six hour eating window. So you're, you know, six, uh, six and 18 a four hour eating window, right? So the shorter you can make that window, the the more effective it's going to be. And now I'm going to say this and and I know there's going to be one listener out there that's going to go and say, you know, I had this weight loss expert and here's what he said. He said, <laughs> I can eat whatever the hell I want as long as I'm fasting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have that. So yep. I, I know that's probably going to happen, but that's not what I'm saying. Yep. But I yep. will say if you were to eat one meal a day, even if it's unhealthy, even if it's a crappy, unhealthy processed food meal, and you were to not eat anything the rest of the day, so you are just eating one meal a day, it's a crappy meal and you're stuffing yourself with whatever, you will still lose weight mm-hmm. because you're going to have an insulin spike, which is what your body is designed to do, have an insulin spike, then it's going to go back to chronically, chronically low the rest of the time, and it will cause you to lose weight. Now, it's not going to necessarily cause you to be healthy, right. but it will That's cause you to lose weight.
0: And healthy. Yep. right? right.
2: So, yeah. and, and on the, just
1: real quick on the intermittent fasting window too, um, we had Dina, um, our, our classmate Dina on, you know, yeah. she specializes in the intermittent fasting. And one of the things she opened my eyes to was moving that window actually earlier. So I was skipping That's breakfast true. and then, um, eating like lunch and dinner, but I was eating dinner at like 8 PM. And then I was going to bed at like nine 30. And I had gone through a really stressful, speaking of stress, I had gone through a really stressful year um, where I was unhappy in my job and it was affecting me really physically and mentally. And I gained like 20 pounds in a year. Like this had never, I'd never had a problem with like weight before ever. So just on that note where you talked about like stress and your thoughts and the Mm -hmm. mental game and how much that affects your weight, I can speak to that because I was eating the same foods, exercising the same, I gained 20 pounds just from being so unhappy Mm -hmm. in my like work life and stress out by, by that unhappiness. But, um, anyway, all of that to say, I made the shift inserted eating earlier. And just for me personally, that window of eating, you know, within a few hours of waking up and then finishing my last meal by like 5 PM, that made the biggest difference of anything I had done in terms of helping me feel more alert and healthier and losing some of that weight that I was struggling to lose. So I always encourage people with intermittent fasting is because it can be pretty like individual is to find the window that works for you. And of course, some people, they do feel better. You know, I never felt that great eating later in the day and skipping breakfast, but I felt really good eating breakfast and lunch and then kind of like not having anything past like 5 PM, but every person's different. So like in that like 16, eight window, which I love, or even like you said, some of the shorter ones look for your personal optimal window, where do you feel best? And I encourage people to kind of experiment with it. Mm-hmm. and see what works best for them anyway. Yeah. And
0: the dance of health and weight loss in that, like, yeah. am I in my weight loss journey right now? Or am I, in and my how do I healthier? feel yeah.
1: energetically? Yeah. How do I feel like brain, brain and mental clarity? Like look yeah. at all those factors and yeah. for the individual who's, I always encourage people to work with a professional, but at the same time, you know, look at your own, how do you feel best? What's the window that feels best for you?
2: Yeah. Anyway. Well, and you know, it, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it's, you know, if you if you can, let, let's go back to like the person who wants to eat whatever in one meal a day, right? Yeah, All right. If you were to make that the first meal of your day and that be breakfast, right, you're gonna have even faster and better results because just like you're saying, if you're eating dinner. You know, you're it takes what? Uh, what is it? Six to eight hours to empty your stomach, four to eight hours, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, something yeah. somewhere in there, depending on how, how much you chew your food and all that, all these other factors. But basically, it's somewhere around that time frame. So, if you're eating at eight o'clock at night, that means that you're digesting food, which, by the way, takes the majority of your energy, your what they call your basal metabolic rate, so many calories your body just needs to kind of function is digestion. You know, so now you're going to bed. Mm-hmm. and your body's just working overtime, you know? So your body is working on trying to digest this food and you're not, you're not burning fat then at that time you're, you're using and, and the fuel from the food, right? So mm-hmm. it, it is, you're not getting as restful sleep, which throws off your circadian rhythms, which throws off your cortisol, which cortisol, by the way, alters your insulin, which causes you to gain weight, uh-huh. okay? right? It's all, right? So we have all of these things connected. So when, when we eat late at night, all of these things happen. So then we're not as rested in the morning as well. Um, and yeah, if you can eat breakfast and that be your one meal, and then you're not eating the rest of the day, a hundred percent the best. Now here's the other piece of that in the morning. And this is Really interesting, and well, you, you guys, I'm sure you know who Warren Buffett is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Warren Buffett, go okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Warren Buffett knows, um, and, and, and obviously, a very intelligent guy. He knows that uh, there are so many decisions that you can make throughout a day well, mm-hmm. and then at a certain point in time, the decisions you make or have to make become worse and worse. Yeah. Willpower is a limited resource. Yes, Limited. Exactly. So using that principle, he wears the same Navy. He has, he has a closet of Navy blue blazers, right? (laughs) Like he doesn't make decisions in the morning about what he's going to wear because he needs to keep that brain power for other decisions. So he's that specific about it. When we look at, at the whole idea of willpower, most people who have a weight issue have not strengthened their willpower.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now I'm not saying that they don't have it. They haven't strengthened their willpower and maybe it's really strong in some areas and not so much in others. So to take somebody who wants to lose weight and to have them eat breakfast and then not eat the rest of the day, I mean, that's tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that willpower, is right. yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But from a therapeutic standpoint, as far as like what's going to be more effective, that's going to be way more effective. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be harder mentally.
0: Yep. Like yeah. working with yourself and working where you're at. And, yeah. and that's um,
2: why I always think working journey. with a
1: professional and a health coach is such a valuable resource because yeah, you're not going to have, have that willpower necessarily in your own, but if you have a check-in with your yeah. health professional in 30 minutes, you're going to make the better decision. Or if you're keeping a food diary, you just naturally make the better decision because suddenly you're looking at what you're eating and somebody else is looking at what you're eating. Yeah. yeah. All of those things. That's such a great point.
2: I love that. Well, and, and since you just mentioned food diary, um, uh, studies show those who journal, Mm -hmm. um, journal what they're eating or just journal their, their life, their day, but specifically, obviously we're talking about weight. So journaling what they're doing and eating, being aware of that people who journal have 30% more success on weight loss programs than those who don't. So, you know, like you just want to bump up your, your ability to be effective by 30%, then journal, you know, it's interesting. It took me, um, three years to create we have a journal on our, our program. It took me three years to create this journal. It didn't take me three years to create the journal. It took me three years to create the journal that I wanted. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that people don't want to do Is, you know, people lose weight on our program, but they go through, they go through stages of weight loss, stages of maintenance, stages of lifestyle. How do I, how do I still go out and drink alcohol and eat cheesecake and, and drink bonbons and have a Twinkie and not gain weight, right? Like, that's the question everybody wants, you know, Um, how do I still go back to foods that I love within moderation and not gain weight? Mm-hmm. that's what people want and not hurt my health, you know? So yeah. we have these kind of different stages in the program. So typically our clients are not going to lose all the weight they want to lose in 40 days, or if they do, they're probably going to learn about themselves that they gained some weight back. And so they're going to need to go and lose weight again. So this is kind of this whole flowy stair-step process to get people to, you know, to yeah. the end goal. Right. Um, so along that, along that process, they're learning, you know, different things about themselves and about their eating habits and about their addictive behaviors. Cause we're all food addicts. Yep. Right. Um, I have no clue where I was going with this whole point, but it was really good. <laughs> Ooh, well, awesome.
0: let me think. I know.
1: Let me think. Um, we were the, the original question. The
2: journaling, journaling. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, journaling. Journaling. All right. So one of the barriers um, people would have when they would go back to a, a weight loss round is they didn't want to have to buy another journal. Right. Cause a journal makes it really easy. You know, they just fill out these blanks and you know, they have check boxes for water and yes or no. Did you poop today? You know, things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. All that, all the good stuff you need to know. How was your energy level? Right. Did you take your supplements? All these little nice, easy reminders, but people wouldn't want to spend, Hey, I don't want to spend another 20 bucks on a journal this round. Hmm. So funny. Yeah. Just a,
0: little, loss, just a yeah. little thing.
2: And you know, so they wouldn't do it. And then I was looking at our, our results. I was like, why does everybody suck going through the weight loss again? And then uh, I was like, oh, that's because they're not journaling. So I, mean, I was like, okay, I need to create a journal that's reusable. So I was like, okay, how do we create a reusable journal? So my first idea is like, like it's like, like a whiteboard, you know, you have a whiteboard journal it has got stuff in it. And then you just erase it when you're done. I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Anyway, long story short, That's what we created. So we have an erasable, indestructible, reusable journal.
0: I love that. Nice. That's such a powerful thing.
2: Yeah. When they finish, they can go to their sink, turn on their water, put their journal under the water, and erase the pages. Let it dry, and they're ready to go again. Cool. That's (laughs) awesome. What a great solution to that. (laughs) Great solution, but it took some time. But anyway, the um, it's actually fun. We we got we have a patent on it too, so it's a, a fun. Uh, a little just fun piece system. there. But, yeah. you know, so back to the listeners, if you want to um, lose weight, you're going to increase your chances if you journal by 30%. Thanks. That's Thanks. a huge statistic 30% better if you journal. And yeah. what and an then,
1: easy thing to do. It doesn't require you to exercise extra, it doesn't require you to change your eating habits. Yeah. Literally, it's like self awareness. <laughs> it's,
2: yeah. it's just writing stuff down. That's yeah. all it is. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, there are a lot of weight loss journals out there and, and Eleni, you, I don't know if you have that or you just have them journal.
1: I um, have them use chronometer and app. Chronometer,
2: Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even like using an app, you know, but it, it, it creates that awareness of what you're eating and what, what you find is then you stop, you know, we're so programmed just to grab, uh-huh. you know, it's like, oh, somebody's birthday, there's cake in the, in the break room. Well, I'll go, you know, go somebody just hands you something, or you just, you you just grab the food that's on there. You grab the candy. You don't understand that those things are very, very impactful in your health because you're, you're not just grabbing a calorie. As we discussed, you're grabbing a calorie that is inhibiting your ability to burn a calorie.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's interesting, like with my kids, I'm trying to have them eat less sugar, but in the environment that we're in, it's like, okay, well, I'll let them at the birthday party. But it seems like every day there's something like we go to the bank, they give them a candy. We go to a birthday party. We went to another store. The lady gives them a candy. We go somewhere else. And then there's a juice box. I'm like, stop. Like, <laughs> it's everywhere. Would you stop to look at it? Like, yeah, now, I, I
2: have a very controversial opinion on this. Yes. Let's hear so, it. Please. So um, w- when we look at sugar, Sugar is a highly addictive substance. It's been proven to be an addictive substance. It's been proven to be hedonic, which is, um, any, any sort of hedonic substance is something that can be, which hedonic is the idea of pleasure seeking, which has the whole concept. I won't get into it. It's in the book I'm working on whole concept of, um, what pathway is being elicited? Is it a serotonin or it is a dopamine response? So hedonic substances elicit dopamine and, um, pleasure fulfillments Satisfaction, right, is serotonin, okay? So okay. It, you you need both. We need both, okay? If we remove dopamine from our life, we become suicidal. So we're not going to do that. In fact, that was a medication that came out. They were super excited in England. They, they released this medication. They tried it out. They're like, man, this is going to be great because it removes the reward pathway of eating. So there's no pleasure in eating and that's going to make people eat less and lose weight. Very Uh-oh. effective. People ate less. People lost weight and killed themselves. Yeah. I believe it. Oh, that's great. It, it, it yeah. It was a dopamine antagonist. In other words, it, it, it didn't allow dopamine to act. Right. So if you remove dopamine, you remove motivation. Wow. So we had a bunch of miserable people, right? So we have to have the dopamine. We're not, we're not seeing dopamine as bad.
0: It is to love the food reading. Okay.
2: But dopamine has to have its habits, have, have its place. Right. Yeah. So dopamine versus serotonin um, you know, there's a whole, a whole piece of that, but if you want, you know, just a side note, Like people, people come to us and you because they're looking for, they think they're looking for better health and, and, and yes, like they're looking to get their blood pressure better. And Kay, you'll probably appreciate this because you like the mental side of this whole thing. But to be honest, what everybody's out there searching for is fulfillment.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's it. That's all we want. And we think we're getting fulfillment from different areas and we might be, but if we want the biology of fulfillment, right. Mm -hmm. What is what is the biological response to fulfillment? It's it's serotonin responses. So then then we have to ask ourselves the question: Well, what gives us serotonin? Well, what gives us serotonin is um, a loving relationship with someone. Um, raising children gives us serotonin. Um, seeing our child accomplish something. Seeing our dog not poop on the floor.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Big That's serotonin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, learning, growing, uh, uh, giving back. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, uh, new experiences. Yeah. Same experiences. Like there's, you know, there's, there's six human needs. I won't go into all this, but there's six human needs. And if we're meeting the human needs, those are creating serotonin, which makes us feel fulfilled in life, which is the ultimate expression of humankind that we are all out there to get, but we, we tend to try to get it through dopamine. Mm. Okay, so guilty so, oh yeah <laughs>
0: true truth hurt okay
2: <laughs> so you look at you look at like okay how can a how can a billionaire commit suicide how let's just throw out robin williams now there's our arguments to say that he had mental illness and everything like that but we're talking about one of if not the most successful comedian of all time some would say jerry seinfeld i could i can also accept that argument <laughs> we have a well-loved human being that was a dear amazing person that transformed people's lives through his movies, through his speaking, through his comedy and he was miserable because he went out and he accomplished absolutely everything he set out to do. He was um uh, uh and those are dopamine responses. Yeah. And he was looking for the next dopamine and, and for those that are looking for it, it it's addictive it makes, it can make you very successful, you know, if you're addicted to the high of accomplishment or achievement. Yeah. But then the problem comes in is you're the dopamine never sustains you, you know, and you're always looking for the next high and you, you become miserable. So how do we have some people who are billionaires and miserable? Mm-hmm. And we have some people who don't make any money and who are really happy. And how do we have billionaires that are really happy? Like, well, like yep, I'm
1: okay. doing what I'm passionate about. I'm not making any money and yeah. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah,
2: and that's, that's, that's beautiful. Right. So uh, w- what is the, you know, when we, when we look at like uh, going back to sugar, right? So sugar is a dopamine response. Mm-hmm. Nobody's arguing that. We know that it's dopamine. In fact, in, in mice and rat studies, it is more addictive than heroin and cocaine. Yep. So if the, if the mice have the choice between sugar heroin, cocaine, they choose the sugar.
1: Right. Every Every
2: time. Every time. time. And we also know now thanks to to the work uh, primarily uh, by Dr. Lutzig. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Lutzig's work, but if you watch any documentary on food, they're going to interview him at some point in time. (laughs) He's the person that proved the metabolic pathway that sugar is a hepatotoxin or a liver toxin gram for gram equal to that of alcohol. Wow. So gram for gram. Oh wow. no way. So he proved, yeah, look up Dr. Luxig, he's got um okay, two okay. really good books. He's got uh a book on sugar and I'm not remembering the name of it off the top of my head, but Dr. Luxig sugar you'll find um that I think it might be fat chance. Um and then he's got another really great book that's called The Hacking of the American Mind. Both are excellent. Um but when when you, we we look at the the gram for gram mm-hmm. we have a liver toxin. So, and it's, it's the fructose, by the way, he was able to get the compound down to it's the fructose, which for everybody listening, that's the sugar that's found in fruit. So then the the thing is, Oh no. Yes. (laughs) So, so what, what God created poison for us to eat and I'm like, right. So there's all these issues that the, the antidote or the um, yeah, the antidote would be the right, right word. The antidote for the liver toxin or the fructose is Drum roll fiber, right? Fiber. So yeah. if you're eating fruit as fruit, if you're eating fruit as fruit, it has fiber in it. And it's really amazing that the creator put the right amount of fiber into it. So where if you eat it as fruit, it's not damaging to your liver because of the slow release. So here's what happens. Fructose goes into the body and it has to pass through the liver. There's a process called cleaving where it takes fructose, which is one molecule of glucose and. Um, and one molecule, wait, hang on, hang on. No, fructose, this science class was too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But basically, fructose is, is, is metabolized or catabolized, broken apart. Catabolism is breaking apart, is catabolized in the liver. Okay. Okay. So fructose has to go to the liver, All right? Now, that's the problem. So if you, if you drink fructose, All of a sudden you have this rush in minutes to your liver of all of these fructose molecules that your liver has to cleave or catabolize. And so what happens is it's like, huh? And it just boom, 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 boom. And what it ends up doing is it ends up storing it as fat, what it can't convert. It puts as fat. So if you were to take that same, let's just take, you know, let's say you're taking 20 grams of sugar and you're going to drink that in soda because high fructose corn syrup, guess what? That's high fructose, corn syrup, right? You got the fructose in there, the liver poison. You drink that, hits your liver. It's going to convert most of that to fat. If you take the same 20 grams and you eat that in fruit, that's going to be released over four to eight hours. Mm -hmm. And it's the release over the slow amount of time where the liver isn't taxed. The liver doesn't have to pump that into fat. The liver can actually catabolize that. And then your body's able to to put that to use in other areas. Okay? Okay. It. Big. That's why even like, you know, even juicing, I don't recommend people juice for that reason. Now, blending is different. You mm-hmm. blend a fruit as a fruit and yeah. you're eating the, the the peel and everything as is. That's totally fine if you are now um, juicing it. We are literally creating juice that's just as bad for you as soda. The only the only difference is you have a bunch of nutrients in the juice, where the soda doesn't have the nutrients. Right?
0: Yeah. I used to cold press juice all the time, and then once I found out the sugar content, I abruptly stopped. Abruptly stopped. I was like, oh shoot! So I tried to do more of the veggies with one apple, but
1: and and so but, interesting yeah. too. I think you know, just going back to what we were talking about with like children and working with children is like how much parents feel like they're making the healthier choice when they're oh, yeah. giving them fruit juice or something like that. And no, it's always such a painful thing to be like, Hey, you, It's literally do like that. giving them a soda. Like
2: yes. there's not no benefit.
1: Absolutely. Just give them the piece of fruit. And I, I didn't want to lose the point you made. I thought that was so powerful of, um, the serotonin versus dopamine. And that how was interesting good. that people are looking for that, that this, what they want is yeah. the serotonin response, yeah. but they're getting it through the dopamine response. And I think yeah. sugar is such a a powerful example of something that operates that way. When people are looking to food for happiness, it's always transient. Like you said, that dopamine response versus the fulfilling serotonin response. And so they're like, oh, sugar. We We talked about this in our sugar episode, actually, of how, um, like just the American culture surrounding the topic of something like emotional trauma or like a breakup, like a breakup from somebody like every like show and movie you watch if there's a woman it's always women (laughs) I don't know why we're portrayed as the most weak-willed species, (laughs) but, um, but like, it's always a woman crying and eating like a pint of of ice ice cream cream to get over it. And that is like the, like, they're looking for happiness because they're sad. And they're thinking like this sugar response is going to make me feel happy, but what a powerful point you made of that's a dopamine response. So it's transient. It's not going to actually fulfill you. What you should be looking for is the healthy serotonin response. So instead of seeking food for comfort, seek like meaning and fulfillment yes. in life. Seek a career you're passionate about, seek a relationship, um, go go deeper on something that yep. you've been wanting to get like a little bit more expertise and learn something new. Yep. Like Grow. what a powerful Connect. thing of you're, you won't find it in food. You'll only find the transient happiness there, but the long-term happiness comes from yeah, yeah,
2: that's and, awesome. You know, it, and just the, the last thing that I wanted to say, the, the controversial thing. So again, I have these long stories to set up these short points. <laughs> um, but the 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 point I was making about, so sugar. So let's go back to sugar. Okay. So we have, you know, you're right. Everywhere you go, you go to church, we have a candy lady, right? Yep. If you do good in junior church, you're going to get rewarded with candy. Hey, if you sit up, you get a piece of candy. Hey, we're going to go to the bank, you're going to get candy. You get candy, 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 candy. Yep is everywhere, right? Everywhere. Okay. Now here's, here's what I'm going to say. It's very controversial. You, we're, we are as a society in multiple facets, we are giving children a highly addictive substance that has proven to be addictive. Okay. We are giving them something that is more likely to kill them than anything else in America.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
2: We are giving them a liver toxin Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. will end up leading to type two diabetes, to obesity, which By the way, obesity and lifestyle-related illnesses are the number one killer in America. In fact, even the Cancer Research Society of America says that 95% of cancers are preventable through your diet. Ah. 95. That means there's only 5% that it doesn't matter what the hell you would have done, you would have gotten that cancer anyway. Yeah, we think it's the other way around. Well, I just got cancer. No, you ate yourself into cancer. Yeah. yeah. I don't, no one wants to hear that. I know.
1: And then we're giving that to kids in every setting. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah.
2: Uh, what I view, <laughs> and I actually had a, a poster uh, created years ago about this. I had a poster created of, of adults handing cigarettes to children.
0: Like, mm-hmm.
2: They take the cigarette because they're more likely to die of the sugar, not the cigarette. Mm-hmm. So giving we are we are now taking a child who cannot make their own decision. We are giving them a highly addictive substance that will lead to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is the same thing as giving a child a cigarette. Now we wouldn't do that in America. We would think that's the most awful thing. Like how in the world could you do that? And that's how I view candy. Like how yeah. in the world could you do yeah. that? You are. You are this kid cannot make a decision about this on their own, and we are giving them something that we are addicting them to that's going to kill them. And you just try taking away that candy, yeah, yeah.
1: yep, if, amen, yeah. amen. I've seen it, I happen. <laughs> away that candy. Yep.
2: right? You no, know, so it, it's uh, a big sorry. Thing.
1: It was just going to say, too, even on because sugar, um, because it, it triggers the same reward processes in the brain as addictive other addictive substances like heroin and cocaine you actually, um, there have been studies that show that kids that become addicted to sugar, um, they become addicted to that fast reward response, which then 100%. makes them more likely to become addicted to drugs later on in life because they yeah. they already are looking for that dopamine hit. And then drugs are the next thing that naturally fulfills that. So it's actually been shown that a child being addicted to sugar makes it more likely that they'll become addicted to drugs whether it's opioids or street yeah. drugs, yeah. that they'll be more likely to become addicted to drugs in the future.
0: I am raised by kids. We just had my son's birthday party. And, um, my husband is like, just let him have cake for his birthday party. And this is like my, my one, like, fine. Okay. Cause whatever. So I let him have the cake and my, my boy, he's just seven. He goes, mom, I just had a small piece of cake because I, I don't like sugar because I trained my kids on this. And yeah. my, my mother-in-law was like, Kay you are going to mess up your kids. You are so good with <laughs> them. And I go, wait, wait, wait. Wouldn't you have loved yourself to be prepared in your life to always look at sugar and think, no, that's poison. No, that's poison. So I was like, I'm helping out my kids, so they look yep. at candy and they're like, nope, that's poison. I don't want it. But of course, on their birthday, they're gonna have a small piece. Whatever, you know. But I'm like, I am trying to be the change that I needed for myself. So yep. anyway, that's what well, I can be the change.
2: <laughs> you're you're giving, you know, for the listeners out out there that have kids that are like, all right, this guy's a quack. I get I get it. Yeah, But here's the thing you, you, you are, if you want to really make vital life successful, keep giving yeah. your kids that sugar. Cause they're going to need to do my program. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Yeah. So, for me, it's a win-win because you, yeah. you either, they're either going to have to do it later yeah. on in life, um, or you can just prevent them all of that pain, embarrassment, suffering, because yeah. the chances are, if that's the way you're feeding your kids, that's the way you are right now. And you don't like the way you are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And you're actually listening probably to this podcast to find ways to change the way you are because you were created. Okay. This isn't necessarily your fault. You were created to be the way you are and now you're trying to undo the creation.
0: Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. 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 And we're all trying to be a piece of that new creation, like a new life where there's not sugar everywhere. Like, yeah. And and
1: normalizing not eating sugar instead of the normal thing being like eating sugar all the time. And when you don't, that's what I loved. Um, I, I, I'm not sure who the original person is who said this, but I read it on Max Lugavere's, um, Instagram, but he was like, we are so accustomed to eating a crappy diet that when somebody tries to eat healthy, it's automatically labeled as dieting, which is like such a healthy eating, like eating a normal, healthy, real food, what we were designed to eat like plan gets labeled as dieting because we're abstaining from the what now are the quote-unquote normal foods of the world instead of those things being the Franken foods that they are we view those as like oh everybody who's normal eats these and if you eat a whole foods diet you're a quack
0: yeah (laughs) yeah and you think you're better yeah
2: it's so funny i there's a um um, I don't know if you or or our listeners have seen um, Batman Begins, that with uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker, right? Yeah. Um, that that movie has a um, a section in that movie where where Heath Ledger the Joker um, says something about like you know you do something and then people lose their mind and he's like you know this scary character and everything. I saw a meme. I just love this meme. Um, and it's something about, you know, you eat an entire pizza and, and drink beer all night and come hungover to work and people think you're amazing and you just skip one meal and people lose their mind. You know, it's so bizarre, right? Like, you know, it's like you were saying you know, yeah. people, people can eat a whole pizza and, and like, so oh, wow, you're amazing. And then yeah. you just say, well, yeah. I ate a salad and you're like, well, you're crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah yes.
1: exactly. Yes. So, um, what in your experience, like, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to lose weight? Like what's some of the Good most common question. mistakes you see?
2: All right. <laughs> Number one, this is controversial, but it's, it's not about the exercise. Mm. Okay. And here's why, and and this is mental as well. So exercise is like 2% diet is 98%. When you exercise, you actually have a a dopamine response at the end of exercising. That's why you hate going, but you love leaving. Mm -hmm. So good. Right now you have a dopamine response. You immediately, if you're, especially if you have a weight issue, you immediately want to reward yourself for your good behavior. And it makes it very difficult to say no to food. Your biology is also telling you You need to replace the calories you burned. So driving home, passing McDonald's and smelling those French fries becomes a much harder task if you exercise. Mm. The other issue with exercising to lose weight is it doesn't actually lose. You don't actually lose weight exercising. You build muscle. You may burn a little bit of fat, but honestly, that's not how you lose weight. Okay. So if you go to the gym now, this is coming from an Ironman triathlete. So I exercise all the time. All right. Mm -hmm. So exercise is amazing for your health, but it is not for your weight loss. So if you have not started exercising, don't start to lose weight because your, your reason, your motivation is so important. If you're in the gym exercising to lose weight, you will stop in six weeks because you won't lose weight. You're going to lose water the first week. You're probably lose four to six pounds and you're going to feel amazing. And it's going to motivate you to keep going week two, week two, you're going to lose one to two pounds. You're going to be discouraged, but you still lost weight. So you're going to stick with it. Week three, you're going to gain three to four pounds and you're going to quit for those who have stronger willpower. They may be able to stick it out for another three weeks and then they're going to be done. And statistically second week of February, that's when all the new year's resolutions for weight loss, typically quit. Yeah. Second February. Okay. Yeah, so don't I, the biggest, biggest mistake is exercising, to be honest. Okay. And it's what our food companies have told us will help us lose weight because they want us to exercise and continue to eat crap. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say exercise is 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 a big one. The and other
1: and a caveat, I'll just add to that really quick and yeah. then pick right back up is. Um, I liked what you said about the motivation thing. If your motivation for exercising is simply to lose weight, that's not, that's not a good motivation in life in general. I mean, you should have a bigger why than that. So of course you want to lose weight, but what's the like, why, okay. I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to take my, um, children, like for bike rides. I want to be able to hike with, you know, my Mm -hmm. spouse, like those are the big whys. but if you're just exercising to lose weight, like. That's not really a big why, like, sure. You want to look better, but, but why do you actually want to lose weight? Like getting to that point. Mm-hmm. And then also the fact that I think exercise is supportive in the sense that it improves your mood. And like we talked yep. about with the stress relief, it is a really powerful thing for stress relief. So it's a good support system Absolutely.
0: Do the weight support. Loss
1: to like improve your mental, e- yep. even if it's all, of, even if all of it was accomplishing was reducing your stress levels then that can help overall with the weight loss. But like you're saying, it's not, you can't just keep eating whatever you want and then yep. exercise your way out of it. Like that's mm-hmm. not how that works, but it is an amazing tool in the overall longevity, healthy, oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and then, you know, to just something that, that I encourage our listeners to do um, because if you don't have the right motivation and your actual motivation for doing something, your honest motivation for doing something, it really doesn't matter what you do, you won't do it. You won't accomplish it if you don't actually get to the real reason. So oftentimes in our society, uh, we just sugarcoat everything. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. We just have these kind of rote responses that we're not actually even engaging our brain, right? So there's a, there's a, a, a process that I call seven questions, right? So, you know, for instance, you come to me to lose weight. Okay. Why are you here? Question one, I'm here to lose weight. Great. Question two, why do you want to lose weight? Cause I want to feel better. Question three, why do you want to feel better? Right? So if you were, so for right, our listeners, right, yeah. Yeah. if you ask yourself up by the time you get to the seventh question, when you keep on asking that question or questions like that, by the time you get to the second, seventh question, you probably will actually find out why you really want to. So let me, let me, I, I am, I've been doing this long enough. We've had over 15,000 people do our program, been oh, doing okay. long enough. I know how I used to be overweight. I know how we think. <laughs> I get it. I get human beings. I've studied psychology immensely because weight loss is so much about psychology. I understand how we as humans are and think and, and, and the way we are um, and act on a daily basis. Okay, here it is. Here it is. All right. I wanted to lose weight because I didn't like the fat roll under my arm, mm-hmm. right? Why didn't I like the fat roll under my arm, right? Well, I didn't like the way it looked. Why didn't I like the way it looked? Because I didn't find that attractive. Why didn't you find that attractive? Because I don't find the fat, the extra fat in that location on my body attractive. Why is it important for me to be attractive? Right? Well, that's a great question. Why? Mm -hmm. And and that's the question. Like, like I would say 70% of people who want to lose weight you're going to follow that same logical sequence that I'm yep. following right now. Yep. Okay. Now there's exceptions that that's the other 30%, 70% of you are right with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: You're right at the point where you're trying to think for yourself now, why is it important for me to look good? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a
1: powerful question. Yeah.
2: And I don't think it's even
1: a vain question to ask. Like, I think it's a good, it's, it's, it's
2: honest question. And here. Here's yeah. the answer. Here's the answer. <laughs> I want to be sexy. Yeah. I want when I'm when I'm on the beach and I have my shirt off, Mm -hmm. I want all of the guys to hang on to their women a little bit tighter when they walk past me. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Right. Yep. Okay. Now I am just comfortable enough to be honest about that. But because I actually have the motivation, because it's actually mine.
1: Yeah.
2: Because I actually know what mine is and I'm okay with it, I can do it.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But if I sugarcoat it, here's what we tend to do. I want to be healthy. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> probably not you probably just <laughs> your shirt off okay so just like yeah. let's just to that own it. own it own it own it because it's in that that you'll actually be able to do it because it's your motivation now there's other motivations so like you had you had given the example of being able to like play with your grandkids you know a 70 year old woman probably doesn't care about how she looks like on the beach now she might <laughs> but probably not it's not where her stage of life is okay I've had seven-year-old women that want to look good in bikinis still. Okay. Right. That's great. But let's, you know, let's be honest. Most of the time at that age, there's different motivations and those motivations are just as valid, but it's like, why do I want to be able to? So it's a lot of times it's, Hey, I want to be able to um, get on the, get on the ground and play with my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I I want to be able to get off the ground. Once I get on the ground when I'm playing with my grandkids, Well, why is that important to you? You know, yeah. and, and, and that line of questioning typically gets down to, I, I don't want to waste the time I have with my kids. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And what a life. powerful lie. Yeah. And I, I, I cut you off in your big mistakes people make, but I, I think that, could yeah, be was, that is, is not, having the right not having the right motivation for that change, because you're not going to stick with something if you don't have a powerful why right. behind it. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, those the biggest mistake, you know, not having the, the reasoning, um, focusing, making it about the exercise. Right. Um, and then you, you also have, uh, you you can't, you need to go through a time of not cheating and it's gotta be like an extended period of time, at least 30 days. Mm -hmm. You You need to be able to go for 30 days and stick to, a whole food based diet because you're you, the reason you have a weight issue is because you have a metabolism issue because if you had a metabolism that was working fine, you wouldn't have a weight issue. And you're like, how do you, how do I know that? Because typically the people who eat whatever the hell they want never gain a pound are eating really unhealthy diets. Why are they skinny? It's because mm-hmm. they have a metabolism that works great and you don't, and you walk past Cinnabon in the mall and you gain a pound, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like unfair, totally unfair. Right. Yeah. So you know, because your metabolism doesn't work right, you gain weight, right? Um, So you have to be able to find ways of getting your metabolism working better. And you, when you're going through that process, you can't be throwing things in there that damage it. So for instance, if you have a, if you have a cut on your hand, let's say there's damage there, it's visible, you can see it. And let's say every morning when you wake up, you take that cut and you take a pen and you just scratch in that cut and you reopen it and you refester the wound and you're like, oh well, there's that again. And then <laughs> you know, then maybe you're like, okay, well, I'm not gonna wake up and do that. Let me let me let me stop doing that every day and see if we can get this to heal. And then you go like two or three days and you're like, hey, it's starting to heal.
1: <laughs>
2: right. right. up again. Oh man, that sucks. It's right back to where it was again. Well, let me let me go another couple of days. Let's see if it gets better. And then you know, you go a couple of days. You go a week. And like, let's just say. Every weekend you went and you did that. Okay. Now, how long is it going to take if you, every weekend go and you open up that cut on your hand again, how long is it going to take your hand to heal? Right.
1: Um, yeah.
2: Well, there's a chance that it'll take forever. Yeah. 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 And look like right. really ugly when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really Ugly when it's done. Yeah. No, what a
1: good analogy.
2: We, we are doing that in, to ourselves. When we have a weight issue, we have all sorts of internal damage. And then when we throw in foods that are damaging the internalness, you know, we're just like re-aggravating those internal wounds and we're never going to be able to actually get to where we want. So you've got to be able to dedicate at least 30 days of, um, going through and not, not eating unhealthy foods. Okay. And I know there's a big definition there of what an unhealthy food is, but you have to be able to go for 30 days and focus on not deviating from whatever plan that, that you're trying to do.
1: Yeah. I like that. That's, wow. and that's, I think, too resetting again, like you, because you want it to be a lifestyle, you yep. don't want to train people that, that it's okay to just go back to eating the way you were, even if it's just for one okay. day, I think that really inhibits the lifestyle mindset well, yeah. too. Yep.
0: Um, I had a side question sort of, we just had on an emotional energy healer on our last podcast. Oh, hey. fun. Awesome. awesome. Good. You. you should listen to it. She's brilliant. This lady, Um, So I guess I'm kind of asking what your opinion would be on like our subconscious reasons of eating and how to heal that. And what, I I know that's like a whole nother podcast and we're going to have to have you on again because we could, we have have so much more to talk about, but I know our time is kind of getting to the end, but um, on that side of it, sort of that, like we eat, I guess that kind of goes like we eat to comfort ourselves and that like, and this sense. subconscious. How, what's your thought on all of that?
2: Yeah. Sense? So it, it, the there's, there's two things. So one of the things that we work with our clients on is, um, uh, is, is creating a new identity. Okay. And if they can't ever create a new identity, they won't ever be successful. Like they'll lose weight, but they won't be successful long-term. Right. So when we look at the subconscious and what role that plays um, are, are we, you can actually discover your self-conscious ideas behind food and yourself by just listening to the little voice that's in your head. Yeah. Okay. So for instance, we'll play out a scenario here. You go home and you eat something, even though you're trying to lose weight, you eat something that you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then immediately you feel bad. You're like, man, I grabbed the bag of chips and I just didn't have the willpower. I had, I was great all day. And then I just, you know, really fell apart at the end of the day and I ate the chips. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you ask yourself this question right? Here it is. Davis, why did you do that? And then the little voice, the subconscious inside your head. If you ask yourself a question, if you ask yourself a bad question, you will get bad answers, Davis. Why did you do that? Well, Davis, of course you did that. You always do that. You you do great throughout the day, every day, but then at the end of the day, you just like you always eat the chips because you're always grabbing the easiest thing. You knew you should have gotten rid of the chips, but you decided to keep them in the house because you knew that you were just going to come back to them later. And you're just such a loser. You always do this. You're always going to be all right. Blah, blah 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 blah. Right? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's yeah. the little voice inside our head, and and I'm saying that. And there's I know everybody has experienced that. Right. So when we look at the subconscious, we actually can discover some of our subconscious by the little voice in our head when we ask ourselves questions. Right. So one of the things that, that we have to accomplish in anybody's transformation. So I would consider myself not necessarily a weight loss expert as much as a life transformation expert. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I go around and speak, I speak on a lot of different things, but a lot of it's just transformation. Like how do we transform somebody's life? Well, we have to transform somebody's life by starting with an identity shift. So that has to do with affirmations, right? Like what am I, what am I going to purposely tell myself? So in our bio scan, this is fun. I have created 400 affirmations that are all positive. They have to do with money, relationships, your personal health, your wellness, all sorts of affirmations, right? Um, Like money is easy to me and it comes to me regularly. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, that affirmation, right now that might not be true at this moment in my life, but maybe that's what my biology wants to hear to heal. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, we actually, because of the technology we're using, we can test what are the top three affirmations out of these 400 that you should be saying for the next 40 days ah! part of their program.
0: Oh, so interesting.
2: Yep. So when we, when we get back to, um, identity, we have to be able to, and, and let me illustrate it this way. If you have two people that both decide they're going to quit smoking, right? And then, so let's just say both of you, right? So mm-hmm. Elaney, you're like, uh, both Elaney and Kay, you're like, you know what we're going to do now that we've got this health podcast, we're going to quit smoking, which I think you is- got to cool. stop the chain smoking, yep. <laughs> stop, stop the chain smoking, you're like, all right. And then I go to Eleni and I say, Eleni, hey, and you know, we're all sitting in the same room, let's say, and I'm I'm a smoker, okay? And I'm smoking away. I'm like, man, this is a great cigarette. And of course, you know, for anybody who smokes, man, it's hard when somebody's smoking, right? Hey, Elaney. And let's say you both quit a week ago. All right. Okay. I say, Eleni, hey, would you like the cigarette? And you're like, oh, I would love to have that cigarette, but I'm trying to quit, which is great because she she, you know, said no to the cigarette. She exercised that willpower. Super great. Good job, Eleni. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Kay, Kay is a chain smoker, too. So I'm like, well, Kay, want to smoke with me? And Kay looks at me and she's like, no, I don't smoke. Hmm. Right. oh now you guys both quit smoking at the same time it's a struggle for both of you equally okay it's not saying one's easier than the other now in this scenario which person do you think is actually going to succeed
0: oh the one with the identity shift
2: the one that has an identity shift and we will be it, we will be in congruence as human beings we have to be in congruence with who we are so if we are actively claiming a new identity, because it takes some time to change it, right? But if we're actively, if we never actively try to claim our identity, we're never going to be able to claim our identity. But if we were actively in that process of claiming the identity, so it's, you know, you think about a person who doesn't smoke, like you guys don't smoke. I I couldn't pay you money to get you to smoke a cigarette. Right. Like, I would be like, hey, will you smoke a cigarette for a hundred bucks? I'm like, no, it's no. ridiculous. <laughs> I don't smoke. Why you-
1: yeah, I don't smoke.
2: yeah. I don't smoke. Like it's so I ridiculous. It's an identity. So one of the things that we have people work on is, you know, it, it's, you know, it, we, we, they tend to be like, I'm on a diet. I'm trying to lose weight. Mm. You know, that identity is still, I'm fat. Mm. You know, I'm that identity trying. is still not healthy. Eating.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So the, the claim that we want them is I am a healthy person because that can be something that you do immediately because now you can ask the question all right, well, I blew it. I add some chips. Well, in this moment, what would a healthy person do? Okay. Well, a healthy person is not going to sit there and beat themselves up. In fact, a, you know, free tip here, when we talk about transformation, don't talk to yourself. Uh, don't talk to, let start over. Talk to yourself the way you would talk to someone else that screwed up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. So if, if you were kind being, and loving too. kind and loving, you got to be kind and loving to yourself as well. And then you're claiming your new identity. So what would a healthy person do? Well, all right. A healthy person wouldn't beat themselves up and maybe, maybe they would go for a walk right now and clear their head. That'd be great. Let me go do that right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Or in
2: that moment of temptation, right. With my new identity, I'm really tempted to eat the chips. What would a healthy person do right now? Well, a healthy person, you know what? They probably wouldn't even have the chips in their house. Let me go throw them out right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? And yep. by by claiming that new identity, um, and then what you know, the, so the question: What would a healthy person be or do? And then here's here's the last key, so key, yeah. is creating a present I am statement,
0: mm-hmm.
2: because your body, your biology only understands present tense, doesn't understand future,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it doesn't understand the past. It only understands what's happening on a moment by moment basis. So we create an I am statement that is exciting and evokes emotion because without emotion, there is not going to be any emotion that evokes emotion behind moving us towards our new identity. So we work with our clients on creating for themselves an I am. So I'll give you an example. Okay. It's not just, I am a healthy person, but that's the starting point. But typically I am a healthy person. It doesn't like make, make the hair on my, the back of my neck stand up Yeah, i so excited about that. That doesn't sound that amazing. Right. What, What an I am statement for like uh, a a woman that I worked with a a couple months ago. She wanted to fit in a certain dress for her son's wedding. Mm. All right, so it's the mother-in-law. All right, so let's just be honest here. Why does she want to fit into a certain size dress at her son's wedding? Yeah. Because she work. wants to make the other mom jealous. Let's just, <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. That's all that it's about. She just needs yes. to be smaller and sexier than the other mom. Let's just call it what it is. Let's stop yes. these games. Yes. Yes. No, okay. We're just. I'm just willing to say it. Right. So yes. anyway. <laughs> so her I am statement is I am the sexiest mother-in-law at the wedding, and all of the groomsmen want to sleep with me.
0: Yes. Get it, girl. Get it.
2: Now, you see how that evoked emotion, even for you guys, even though you're not the mother-in-law that's going to the wedding, it evoked emotion. It was happiness, right? And excitement and fun. So those types of statements actually cause us to have the motivation to Mm -hmm. actually make the change, right?
1: So good. I love it. And one thing I'm I'm a fan of um Brian Johnson, he's got a whole program called Optimize. And one of the modules I was watching in it um was when you do something that's like the best version of yourself would do, Mm. then the affirmation you can say is that's like me. So to use your example of the person who goes home and has that bag of chips sitting in their pantry, right? And then they choose not to eat that bag of chips. Even celebrating those micro wins and saying in that moment, "Oh, I didn't eat the bag of chips because I'm a healthy person." That's like me.
0: That is so me. Where right you now. just yeah. are,
1: you constantly affirm yourself every time you you go for a walk instead of you know sitting down and eating ice cream. That's like me. I'm that yeah. kind of person. I'm a healthy person. That's like me. I go for walks. I I have good willpower. Like wow. even giving yourself those micro those micro celebrations on little things, you know, completing a project by its deadline. That's like me. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that kind of like, oh,
2: super and kind of
1: things. And, and he, the other thing he said in that is imagining your, he calls it your inner daimon, not like a demon, but your inner diamond yeah. is like this version of yourself, imagining this best version of yourself. And Um, to imagine that you're on your deathbed, right? Like you're dying in a hospital and this best version of yourself walks in, like, what does that person look like? And Mm. they're healthy and they're thriving. And this not best version of yourself is currently dying thinking of all the things, what did that person do be- like different, better, mm. that best version of myself? What did they do that they're in this room and they're healthy and thriving and I'm on this bed dying. Okay. What would that person do right now in this moment? What oh, decision good. would they make to bring love them to that healthy thriving point?
2: I love but, it. So powerful. So powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, this has just been, I mean, I think I we know. could talk with you for another several hours.
0: We got, we're <laughs> knocking on, we made two hours. I told them we normally do an hour and an hour and a half or we're at two hours,
1: but I'm loving it. And yeah, okay. definitely. We'd love to have you on again. And I yeah. think one thing a couple of people have asked us about is sort of that psychology behind eating. And I'm glad we got into it today with some of those positive um, mindsets and that identity shift, and how to begin that process. And we, gosh, if you want to talk about it more in depth, we'd love to have you on for another Absolutely. episode just yeah. about that in the future because that's such a powerful piece. Well, of- and
2: I have a, um, uh, you know, for for like for next time, if you want to put out a teaser here, um, I actually have a, a worksheet that that we take people through for shifting their identity. So, um, yeah. and it's 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 meant to be for for identity shifting and also for just feeling overwhelmed. So. If you, if you are feeling overwhelmed in life, um, shifting your identity actually takes care of the overwhelm. So it, it, it's kind of a two-part thing, but it works with both things because it's, the same, it's actually the same concept. Um, but, uh, anyway, I have a worksheet. So like next time, um, if we wanted to work through that, we could actually even provide a downloadable worksheet for people to, to download and, and, and work on some of those awesome. things. Too. I would that love would that. Let's
1: make that a podcast episode. And I think we'll do that yes. sooner than later. That Cause sounds, yeah, I would good. love that for sure. Yes. Awesome. Thank, yes, you. thank you. Thank oh you. my you gosh, know, thank some, you. I just
0: got kind of to just like stop and like soak in everything you said. I'm going to re-listen to the podcast you <laughs> You are a wealth of knowledge. I, I'm impressed with all that you've done with your own life and now for everyone to help on weight loss. and
1: that, and that biometric scan and all of Brilliant. that is yeah, so awesome. So I'm so glad you agreed to be on Yeah, today. my it was my but.
2: pleasure. Yeah, I was really happy when you reached out. I was like, ah, one, one of my old classmates. This is yes. so exciting. So yes, it was awesome. Amazing.
1: Thank you so much, Davis. And thank you for listening, renegades. Thank you. Hey,
0: go be, renegades. go be
1: renegades. Thank you for
0: listening to the renegade nutrition podcast.
1: Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct personal professional medical care and diagnosis you should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be Renegades! Go be Renegades!